Hi, I'm Joan Goodchild, Director of Multimedia Content with ISMG. Today we're talking about security leadership and communication, specifically security's role in communicating with the board and managing within an organization. Our guest today is Michael Santarcangelo. He is with Security Catalyst. Michael, how are you today? I am good. It's always great to talk with you, Joan. Tell me a little bit about Security Catalyst before we get into the topic. It's kind of interesting because I've I've been security catalyst now for over 15 years and it's it's what's interesting is how it's changed over the years and how it remains the same and what's remained the same is it's always about elevating people in security it's it's been looking at how do we blend things like consulting with education with research or innovation and looking at that and over the last decade or so it started looking at communication and in the last couple of years i really started looking at how to lead and communicate security in a way that improves everything. And that's that's largely where my focus has been. So timely, of course, for our conversation today. Great. And of course, uh, you know, one of your expertise is leadership and the security leader within an organization. Let's get an overview and start by talking about kind of the state of leadership now. I mean, you and I have both seen this role certainly evolve in the last decade within organizations and as the security profession has grown. Where do you think the security leader stands now in terms of positioning within a company? The good news is I think security leaders are better positioned than they've ever been. But the question I always ask security leaders when I get the chance to work with them is really simple. Are you valued for your leadership as much as you're valued for your security or your technical expertise? And for a lot of people, the answer is, ooh, no. So the good news is we're seeing the importance of security in the enterprise. Now, here's the thing. Just because you're not valued for your leadership doesn't mean you're not a leader. Just because you're seen as the security person doesn't mean that you can't be a leader or that you can't be recognized as a leader. I always like to point out that there's a triple challenge that we face in the enterprise today. The first one's really simple, leadership is a big challenge across the entire enterprise right now. Most organizations are struggling with leadership in general, number one. Number two, security is confusing. It's complex for those of us that have been doing this for decades, and now we have to try to explain it. P.S. it all changed. So stuff we thought we knew last year, totally different this year. And that's okay, but that's how those things tend to shift. And then the third challenge is just what I call organizational complexity. So if you're a security leader today, you don't have to just be a good leader you have to understand how to communicate and translate security and navigate organizational complexity at the exact same time. So it's a tough challenge. And that's that's where we start to help people think about some of these things a little bit differently. You and I were talking earlier about ways that they can kind of reflect on some certain questions to be able to kind of figure that out. Let's talk about that a bit. I love questions. I've broken it down to three questions. And it, it, and it really it kind of starts with one. I've, I've been using this question for a long time. And, and if anybody's ever heard me, they asked you before, what problem are you trying to solve? Now, what's great about this as the first question is it's really simple. So a lot of times in security, we get overwhelmed because we don't want to be seen as the bottleneck. We don't want to be that person, the, the party of no, the one shutting it all down. And so a lot of times people will throw stuff at us and we don't really know what they're asking or we don't really know what they're talking about. If you simply say, well, okay, cool, I can help, right? And that's always the trick. You've, you've got to approach it. It's not a, you're not using these questions to shut people down. You're doing it the opposite way. You're using these questions to try to really understand where the focus needs to be. So when you ask what problem are we trying to solve, you can ask it of yourself. 
you can ask it of your team. Somebody comes to you and makes a request, you can say, cool, what problem are we trying to solve? Now, typically people would, the first answer is not really the most accurate. And it, it requires a couple rounds to really get down to what the, what the problem is, but that's about focus. We can't do everything. Any leader in any organization has to make choices. And when you say, what problem are we trying to solve? You get the opportunity to figure out, is that a real problem? Is it the right problem for us to focus on? Is that something that needs to be solved right now? Are we the right people to solve it? There's a lot of things that come out of that. As a security person, if you can get comfortable asking that question, you're already elevating your ability to be a better leader. So let me just jump in there and ask. I mean, it seems really obvious. What problem are we trying to solve? So are, are you saying that in your research and work, you find that that's often not the way that things are approached? Yeah, what happens is we tend to frame the problem in terms of the solution or more bluntly in terms of our own experience. So I look at something and I go, oh, well, that's clearly the problem. The, the challenge with that is we don't always have a complete picture. And so what happens then is what I think the problem is and perhaps what you think the problem is, we might even use the same words, but we are not actually describing the same thing. And that's that's where we get this friction that creeps in. And the problem with friction and a lot of times that friction starts with, but I thought we were on the same page. I thought you understood. It's not this, you hear a lot of people talk about, oh, it's curse of, no, 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 no. It's not, this is simpler than that. This is, it's sometimes a challenge for us to articulate value or to translate something that we know into something that somebody else understands. So we'll use jargon or shorthand. We think we've got a shared experience and suddenly we're totally not focusing on the same things and we're not doing it the same way. Same time, somebody will say, this is really urgent. We go, yep, check, got it. P.S. I've got 40 other just as urgent things on my docket. Can't do any of them. So yeah, sure, fine, I'll do yours. The problem with friction is that friction destroys value. It just absolutely destroys trust. People start to feel burnt out. And as that continues, everything costs more, takes longer, it's more complex. So yes, it seems so obvious when you say, what problem are we trying to solve? And typically, I'll get an answer of, <laughs> well, it's obvious, isn't it? Well, apparently when you're, you know, short and bald, the answer is not obvious. I'm happy to point that out that I, I don't understand it. And what you'll find is as people start to explain it, a lot of times they'll give me a very compound solution or, you know, a problem. And I'll say, wow, that sounds really complex, but what's the actual problem? Right, right. And okay. And if you say it that way, they go, oh, and I will tell you, Joan, I spend a lot of time working with people on this. Uh, I'll give you the next two questions, but if you can't answer this question cleanly, and I'll, uh, here's the tip. If you've isolated down to the problem properly, you can ask it as a simple phrased question. Uh, and, and that's it. And, and when you hear the question, you should go, yep. If you can do that, you've isolated the problem right. If you say, yeah, let me explain it to you. And you need a whiteboard in 20 minutes. Uh, you didn't get down to the you didn't get down to the root problem yet. What's question number two after you've effectively answered question number one? Once you've isolated the problem, in fact, I'll give you three things. So when you when you get down to the answer of what problem you're trying to solve, you've isolated it. I like to say you elevated it because I can ask it as a question, captures attention, somebody goes, yep, check, I got it. That then also means you have some semblance or just a general sense of the consequences of that problem. And perhaps at that point, you've proposed a solution. So you say, um, and the solution should be the inverse of the problem. So that, you know, the problem is I need to fish this wire through the wall and I don't want it to show. Okay, cool. So what's the solution? I need to put a hole in the wall and fish the wire through it so it doesn't show. Cool. Seems simplistic, but it's, it's when we get into things like security, that becomes a little harder to answer. Second question then is, what value do we create 
solving this problem. See, when we ask what problem are we trying to solve, we're saying, what's the focus? What are we focusing on? When we ask the value question, we're actually asking about priority. So just because you can solve something doesn't mean that you should solve something. And one of the myths in security, and this needs to die quickly, is security doesn't create value. That's that's never been true. People will say, oh, it's a cost center, Michael. I mean, that's that's the thing. Security just can't have value. Oh, it absolutely, it has to have value. And if, it, if it's not creating value, you really need to, to stop for a second and say, then why are we doing it? Now, not seeing the value or not being able to express the value is different than not creating the value. But let's say I've got 10 problems to solve. I can only solve three. The ones that create the biggest value or have the best impact are definitely where I need to spend my focus. And, and so then if somebody says, well, shouldn't you do the one to the bub? Yeah, I don't know, show me the value, right? Lay, lay out for me where the value is. So when you're asking about it, now here's the thing when we ask about value, I actually want people to lead with emotional value before they give me the logical value or the financial value. The question of value is not always about dollars and cents. A lot of times it's about how, how would it feel? How would it work? What would this mean for you or for the team or for your company? And in security, we, we tend to be pretty dispassionate about it, or we go right to the FUD side, like, but people are going to die because it's all going to be hacked and we're done and it's all up. Now, stop. It's, you got to get closer to the this problem. If we solve this, people are going to be a little happier at work. A little happier at work is a little bit better for customer service. They're a little less chapped about doing security stuff, or they understand. Tell me what it looks like. But if you can show me emotionally what it looks like, all decisions are emotional decisions. We are emotional beings and we're emotional creatures and we make emotional decisions. Yes, good decisions are backed by evidence and logic and financial sense and it all sounds good. But the decision, the yes, no, that's still an emotional level decision. We seem to want to strip that out of value. So when you ask about the value of solving the problem, you got that opportunity to look at the emotion, to look at the value, including the logic and the, and the dollars and cents, and it helps you understand the priority. So sometimes, you look at something and, and you can articulate the problem really well. Um, and then you look at your ability to actually solve that problem today in context and create value and come to the realization that this is not the time. Doesn't mean you can't do it, doesn't mean it wasn't good. Just means not enough value for today. Once you have established what that value is then, you know, what's what's your last and final question and kind of when in the process are you're going to ask that of yourself. I'm going to start by answering that last part first because I, I like that. First thing I always tell people is get to the problem you're trying to solve, especially if you're trying to compare two or three competing different things. Distill down to either distill down to the problem that you're trying to solve, or distill down to the problem that that opportunity or that solution is trying to solve. Right? Work those two things out. A lot of times, instant clarity and you're off and running. Once you get that narrowed down, if you still need a little bit more help, go through the value that you're trying to create or the value that you expect to be able to create. And once you've got that, that third question you ask is, what is the impact of the solution? Here's the difference. We just talked about friction a little bit. And friction creeps in initially when we struggle to translate something that we know, something of value into something that somebody else understands. It's, it, it damages that connection. When you ask about impact, what you're really looking at is, if this solution, so I, I looked at it, right? I've narrowed down the problem. It's got value. So when you're asking about impact, what you're trying to understand is, is this a multiplier of that value? 
in the positive or the negative? Does this degrade that value? So things that would degrade the value. I'm going to put the solution in, but it's going to, it uses a totally different jargon and no one's going to understand it. And either I've got to train everybody or that's going to just really create a lot of confusion. If it's going to do that, that's, that's a negative. That's going to erode some of that value you just told me that you thought you were going to get. The opposite, I'm actually going to bring people together. Uh, different parts of the organization, we're going to have one dialogue. We're, we're going to streamline the way we communicate. Oh, that's a positive. In fact, that might be a positive broader than just solving that particular problem, bringing people together and showing them how they can communicate. Oh, that's exciting. That's almost like an elixir at that point. Oh, well, let's do more of that. You're also then going to look at how does it integrate into the to the current way that we operate. So what are the processes that you currently have? What are the procedures? Are you asking people to do more work? Are you asking people to do more work in a way that they don't understand it? In fact, are you going to somebody who's already got 50 hours of work in a 37 and a half hour work week and you just layered on more crap for them? Okay, that's going to erode your value. Oh wait, did you look at this and let's, let's say security, one of the things I love, did you consider the usability? Did you design that into it? Does this get, let somebody protect it better and they, they do less? Oh, well that, again, that's a multiplier toward the positive. Third thing then is you look at the technology. Uh, you'll you'll hear a lot of people, they're chasing this single pane of glass. And so now you watch the whole people say, well, you can't have that. I can't have one tool that shows me everything. And I was just talking to somebody yesterday that the average SOC analyst has 37 different tools and screens and panels that they've got to be able to look at. 37, 30. That's nuts. Yeah. So if you're going to add one more to it, are you, are you helping? No. What if though, you can, maybe you can't clear them all up. What if you can clear up half of them? What if you can streamline? Oh, again, right? Net positive. So take them in, in, in context. I've got the focus. I now understand the value. Value is about priority. Impact is about the multiplier. It's the qualifier. That's really helping me understand yes or no. Let me circle it back then. When you can ask these three questions, right? Yourself, your team, solution. We talk about being recognized for our leadership. If you're able to come into the organization and show somebody where security fits, asking those same questions of the top three initiatives, right? How the organization fulfills its mission, how the company earns its revenue, and you can demonstrate how your actions are supporting that in a way that's increasing value and adding positive net impact, that's leadership. And, and people get excited about that. That's, that's the, oh yeah, you totally understand security. There was an article this morning in the Wall Street Journal and it was interviewing a couple of different people, names, names most of us were recognized. And it was talking about how the future of IT security is the need to be able to communicate security better to the business. And one of the, one of the interviewees said, look, I, I predict within the next decade, you're gonna find that the leadership in security are business leaders that have an appreciation of security. I completely agree, but I think security leaders today who develop and cultivate this leadership by asking and answering questions like this, they're, they're the CIOs, they're the COOs, they're the CEOs of tomorrow because they understand that security touches everything. It's not security as a silo, it's just how business needs to operate. And I, I think anybody who embraces this today sets themselves up for tremendous success in the future. Great, I'd like to thank Michael Santarcangelo for joining us today, thank you, Michael. Always my pleasure. And thank you for joining us. Have a great day.